This is every trailer for the rest of your life. Thanks, Nolan. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Clear Tinted Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker, normally watch classic movies for the very first time and give my nostalgia-free opinions on them, but not today. Today is a filler episode, sort of. Sure. Why not? Daddy is busy and behind. You, ooh-ooh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I got, I, I, I'm behind on some stuff and I just need to put something out short that, uh, I don't have to spend seven hours editing. So that's this, hopefully. <laughs> and I was trying to think of what to do. I started putting together a list of my favorite 2018 movies because I've never really talked about that era specifically. That'll be a filler episode. Maybe someday <laughs> I'm always going to need filler, baby. But uh, I watched uh, Tenet with some friends recently, and I was like, hey, you know what? I've almost watched all of Nolan's movies. I could do a Nolan ranking list, like my Tarantino and Lanthimos list. Uh, so sure, why not? I might as well. Uh, I'm not going to talk like terribly long about each and every movie. It's just kind of my, my little ranking. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I feel like almost every movie he's made is pretty well regarded, even some of the movies that maybe I'm not the biggest fan of. I noticed on Letterboxd, they're still quite highly rated. Uh, so I wonder if this list will be kind of controversial to some people. I always thought sort of what I thought about his films was sort of in line with most people, but maybe it's not. I'm kind of curious to see how this like stacks up with, with your stuff. But, you know, Nolan in general, right? I think regardless of your feelings, like he, he's, he's mildly controversial in the sense that he, you know, has very strong opinions about making stuff on film and he's a big, like he threw a bit of a fit when it seemed like his movie wasn't going to just be exclusive in theaters, even though we were in the middle of a fucking pandemic, still are, goddamn. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, as a storyteller, I think he's a bit all over the place but as a as a craftsman at least as a as a man behind the camera as a filmmaker he there's a lot to admire about the guy and i never really i, I didn't pay that much attention to him obviously the dark knight and all that stuff came out at a pretty pretty optimal time for me as as someone that would be into that kind of stuff so that's like a 2008 movie i'm 18 years old you got Heath Ledger, Joker. I mean, that's just, yeah. I remember being in like my senior year of high school and, and just, uh, I don't know if people were, remember that era, but I mean, do you remember when The Dark Knight came out? That shit was like fucking, it felt like you couldn't escape it. It felt like everybody and your mother loved The Dark Knight and all your bro friends were just fucking obsessed with the Joker, thought he was the coolest character to ever be put to film. And I mean, it was kind of fun because I really, I was excited that Heath Ledger turned in such an interesting performance because I remember when he was first announced as that character, everyone like lost their minds. They're like, what the, the pretty boy from, from 10 things I hate about you, it's going to be a fucking Joker. 
and then he comes out like that. I remember when the first trailer hit and you heard his laugh for the first time. Everyone was like, whoa, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, it wasn't until a couple years ago I was like, man, I haven't really watched all of Nolan's stuff. I hadn't seen Inception or Interstellar or Dunkirk. And I was like, hey, you know, I should check these out. And I, I rented Inception and I was like, whoa. That was good. And I was like, I should watch his other movies. And I did. And I'll talk about him. But yeah, as far as Nolan goes in general, I think he's got a really, um, I don't find his composition of his shots to be particularly great, but I mean, he's clearly obsessed with what he's obsessed with. And that's like practical effects, shooting on film, these like really mind bendy sequences and achieving that like I feel like I've never seen 2001 a space odyssey but I feel like Nolan saw that scene where the room is rotating as even I know about that and was like this is gonna be my aesthetic forever and he didn't really start off that way with some of his earlier stuff but it seems clear that now that he has pretty much carte blanche to do whatever he wants like from inception on, that seems like that's just been the status quo. But as a storyteller, I find him very, very all over the place because some of his stuff I think is really the character stuff in it is really good and intriguing. And then some of the stuff is like, I, what the fuck were you thinking? Um, but I think his practical effects are just undeniable. Like talking about Tenet, watching that for the first time, I'll get more into it. When I'm talking about it specifically on the list, but I can't help but admire some of the technical widget, <laughs> some of the technical wizardry that he's got on display. The plane crashing into the hangar and the just the gunfights, even though my eyes kind of glaze over during that stuff, it is very just the backwards forward stuff. It's almost hard to be you wonder what he was thinking and how he managed to conceive these ideas. And it is very impressive, again, from a technical standpoint. From a storytelling standpoint, things are different. And that's why I have such conflicting feelings about him and why I was kind of excited to maybe rank his stuff and just see where things landed. But that's sort of my general thoughts on Nolan in general. <laughs> my general thoughts on Nolan in general. Great. Great wordplay, Jake. Fucking nailing it. But let's get into my rankings. So I like to preface this with uh, by saying the two of his films that I have not seen are Following and Insomnia, which are his very, very early things. Following is like the very first film he ever did. I think it's even in black and white. And then Insomnia is a very intriguing looking movie um, with Pacino and Robin Williams. I, I will watch it. I wish I wasn't jumping into this list without having watched it because I bet you I, I'll like it and I bet you I'd put it like surprisingly high on the list just given what I know about it but I haven't seen it as of this moment it's also like a very prime candidate to it's from like 2002 I could, I could easily do it for this show so you know look forward to that uh, so that's why those aren't on this list but I'll start off with so what do I got one two three Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have nine films. He's not made as many films as you would think. He's very like he makes like one film every two, maybe three years, but oh, with a couple exceptions, I guess. But we'll go ahead and start off at the bottom and list and work our way 
up. And uh, my number nine Christopher Nolan film is Dark Knight Rises. So I was kind of looking through this list, and, and, and this list is kind of broken up in an interesting way. I, I find the fact that there's nine films on here to be very interesting because my bottom three are all movies I pretty much don't like. My middle three are all movies that are more vague in my memory, but I remember thinking that was pretty good. And then my top three are all, all three movies I, I really, really like. Uh, and so Dark Knight Rises, though, is easily my least favorite film that he's made. I think it is an absolute dumpster fire. You've heard, I've heard plenty of stories that he didn't even want to make the damn movie in the first place. I was shocked when I pulled it up on Letterboxd and saw it's rocking like a fucking 3.8 out of 5 or something. I feel like I don't personally know anybody that likes this movie or even or at least thinks it's like really good. I feel like I know some people that are like, it's fine. It's not that bad, but I, man, I remember the first time I saw it thinking it sucked. I feel like the couple of times I've watched it since it sucks. I feel like people make fun of it so much because it's so it's just ridiculous. I, 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 the movie, the character journey, just there's nothing about it that's interesting. I, I'm not an Anne Hathaway hater, but I find her Catwoman to be terrible. Uh, Christian Bale is all over the place in this movie. Bane is, I mean, literally a parody. The, like, I have a friend who says you can't even parody Bane's voice because if you try to do a joke version of it, it just sounds like him. It's like, you came back to die with your city. Like, that's, like, kind of me doing a joke voice, but it's also what he fucking sounds like. I don't, I don't know. Like, Tom Hardy is a great actor, but, yeah, I just, this movie is just, I, it just, I don't really know what to say. I'm not sure why it's got a 3.8 on Letterboxd. I glanced through a couple of the positive reviews, but they almost seemed like jokes. It was like, one five star was like, I know this movie sucks, but I love it anyway. And another one was like, I really like Killian Murphy's court scene. Like the, that's the review. You gave it five fucking stars. Like, I don't know. I, the, the story is incoherent and messy. The villains are un uncompelling. The good guys are even more uncompelling. Uh, I feel like you can feel Nolan's indifference towards the material. He, he made the dark Knight. He did what he wanted to do. And they were like, those movies were so successful, you gotta make another one. Maybe he was under contract, or maybe he needed the money. Um, yeah, just not good. Bad movie. Probably up there for me in terms of one of the worst Batman movies in general. Like, I, I even find this movie to be less watchable than even the truly shitty, like, Joel Schumacher ones. Because, like... If people know me, they I grew up on Batman Forever. I find that one endlessly watchable. Uh, Batman and Robin is a terrible movie, but it's so terrible, it's almost like it's so bad it's good. In that, sort of in that playground, and I mean, you just can't, like, Arnold is Mr. Freeze, and Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy, is just like, what is going on here? But in this, it's so dour and dreary, and I don't know, it's not good. I think it's a really bad movie. Maybe I'll watch it again someday. Maybe I'll do... I haven't watched any of the Nolan Batman films in so long. Maybe I'm due for just a rewatch. Maybe some friends. Maybe we can do a Nolan Batman watch. Watch the trilogy. See how they hold up. Because I haven't watched Dark Knight in fucking forever. So, I don't know. That might be fun. But for me, Dark Knight Rises sucks. Uh, It can go to hell. 
Uh, number eight is Dunkirk. I didn't see this in theaters, and apparently that was the way to experience it. Sorry, Nolan. Sorry, Daddy Nolan. I rented it from Family Video when they still existed and watched it on my shitty little TV and was like, that was a movie. Uh, and it sure was. It's like, hey, do you, if you if you really like spectacle and no characters and practical effects and authentic war stuff, this is maybe totally the movie for you. It is not the movie for me. I did not give a fuck about a single character in the movie. It almost the movie seems like an exercise in how little characterization you can give people and still have a movie happen. And that's just what it feels feels like. It's like more about ideas and just showing you war stuff than about characters. And for me, characters are everything. Which is, I mean, you'll see on this list, like, the reason that some Nolan movies work for me and some don't is because sometimes he nails it on the character front and sometimes he just throws it completely out the window. And with Dunkirk, I was like, so, I just didn't care. I was so unenthusiastic about anything that was happening. It all just kind of washed over me in a blur. And at this point, I don't even remember any of it. The only things I remember are the kid from Sacred Deer falling down the stairs. And I remember at the end, Tom Hardy's just like, fuck. Because he crashed his plane or whatever. But I don't remember anything. So even the spectacle didn't stick with me. And of course it didn't stick with me because there was no stakes. I didn't care about anything that was going on. And I, I mean, I just don't know. It's like, yeah, I can appreciate the technical stuff going on here but it's just uh, to me ultimately a fucking boring ass movie and i don't like war movies anyway dunkirk just not for me at all i feel like i gave it like two and a half three stars when i when i watched it and it's fallen lower than that i just don't I don't remember a thing about this movie it's just yeah just yeah yeah i don't even have much to say about it just it's dunkirk if you like war shit and you're into it i could totally see you liking this movie i could see you taking issue with me being so dismissive of it and maybe there's a patriotic part of you that's so you get like, well, no, all these characters are they're involved in this important war, and that's where the drama comes from, and you care about these soldiers or whatever. But for me, it's like none of the characters mattered, and I didn't care, and I just didn't see it. I, I really didn't even see the point of the movie. I, I just was. It just seemed like uh, it seemed like an experiment, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, Dunkirk, not for me, for sure. And we will follow that up with my number seven, which seems to be the movie where Nolan took all the wrong lessons from Dunkirk, uh, and that that is Tenet. Uh, Tenet is my number seven. Only watched it recently for the first time. Avoided it for a long time because everything I heard about it was like, this is antithetical to anything I care about in film. We watched it. Turns out I was right. Sometimes I, I, I always say don't judge anything before you watch it or assume anything, but you know, you do enough research or you have your ear to the ground enough, you know what's generally going to be for you and what's not. I knew Tenet wouldn't be for me. It wasn't. I, I mean, God damn, man. It is like so impressive what's on screen sometimes, but our main character, his name is the protagonist, and he's not a character. He's just a vessel. Maybe that's the point. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I don't get it. Uh, they try to inject a little bit of humanity in the movie with Elizabeth Debicki, but 
even my monster crush on her doesn't really smooth over the really big rough spots of this film. I appreciated it from a technical standpoint. The story makes no fucking sense. Talking about it with my friends Joe and Neil afterwards, I found myself being like, well, it kind of worked like this, and this is how... Because this character actually turns out he was pulling the strings from this direction, and so that kind of does add up. Like, It is kind of fun to try to connect the dots, and I guess I kind of appreciate a movie that is trying to treat its audience like they're smart, but again, it's just the characters, and if I don't care about the characters, I don't care. I didn't care about John David Washington's protagonist character. I kind of cared about Elizabeth Debicki, but even then, she still wasn't nearly as developed as I would have guessed. Like, there were some reviews that were like, oh, she's really, like, the heart of the movie, and, and I was like, okay, I can, like, at least cling on to that, but even that was like, I don't know, because the stakes are so huge, her gripes seem so minor sometimes. It's really weird. It, it, it's hard to figure out what the hell the movie's trying to say. And I also found uh, What's-His-Face, who's playing the the Kenneth Branagh. He's the villain. He, I, I thought he kind of fucking sucked in this movie, actually. Uh, I was joking with my friends that it was, might have just been how shitty his beard was, but lame. he's a lame villain. John David Washington is literally a bland protagonist. Robert Pattinson's kind of interesting, but not really that much. He just maybe seems interesting because of the movie. I mean, the action is cool, but the the gunfight scene, the storming, the compound scene at the end, my eyes just fully glazed over. Uh, I you, just It's so hard to understand what's going on in a really frustrating way. It just, like, there's multiple times where we were all like, wait, what is at stake right now? What what are we, what, what happens if this doesn't, or we, well, actually, we don't even know because we don't know what needs to happen to make the thing not happen just confusing as shit for no reason just millions and millions of dollars being put into interesting practical effects that ultimately mean nothing i i don't know like i feel like the more i talk about it the more i think about it the more i actually really don't like this movie i don't know if i'm just frustrated that someone with so much talent is wasting it on this stuff like this he, he clearly has like a fascination with like quantum physics and stuff and he just wants to present these interesting ideas and hey i mean the man is making unique movies uh, like they're not attached to ip and you, uh, you i will always respect that but you know my buddy joe even mentioned he's like it's really silly that there's he even though he's doing practical effects you still have to do so much cgi for his films but he's shooting everything on film so that's just adding these weird extra steps to it for no reason it's just confusing i'm nervous about I'm nervous about like Nolan's future, I guess. He he's he's kinda 0 for two with me on his last couple films and I just am like, well, I don't think I can get excited for his next thing. I feel like he's just drifting further and further away from giving a shit about story and character. It, it's just I don't know. I, I remember for a while I kinda joked about it, but he's he's a bit in my camp of directors like him and Zack Snyder are directors I think of as like, man, it's really good to have you as a director, but maybe you shouldn't be allowed near a typewriter. Maybe you shouldn't be directing scripts that you wrote exclusively. I know he works with his brother a lot and stuff, but I would never presume to tell somebody what to do with their career. Nolan's one of the most prolific and famous filmmakers working today. 
he obviously knows a lot better than I ever will. But just from a pure audience standpoint, I, I'm sad that he's going the direction that he's been going the last few years because I'm just like, when I watch stuff like some of his other films, I'm like, you've got this in you. Why are you so much more fascinated with like backwards time loops than like making me give a single shit about the main character? And I just, I don't know. It's, I find it to, I don't feel like I'll ever watch this movie again because I just don't care. I don't care to get invested in it. I'm not, in, I'm personally not intrigued by the quantum physics nonsense. And, you know, I'm glad I say that because the fact of the matter is this movie's super not for me specifically, but this movie could absolutely super be for other people. Like science people maybe get a real thrill out of it and, and maybe it really, sends your mind spiraling about all these concepts and you're just really wowed by it. And I would not judge anybody for really enjoying this movie or Dunkirk or even Dark Knight Rises as bad as I think Dark Knight Rises is. Like Nolan is a great filmmaker. And if you like one of his films that I'm not so hot on, I wouldn't be like, oh, you're dumb for thinking that. I'd be like, oh, I get it. His stuff that isn't for me, it just isn't for me. But that's not necessarily the case with other people. You know, so I hope when I'm, dogging on this stuff it doesn't sound like weird pretentious and shitty i just am like man i i didn't when i was watching the movie i didn't care about what was happening i just didn't care and i can't really help that but yeah so tenants number seven um so yeah okay so this one's a little rough uh number six i've got batman begins maybe this would be higher but i've only seen it like once or twice a long time ago I don't remember much from it. I just remember being like, this is really good and interesting. And it's fun to see this serious take on Batman. But I I don't remember it that much. I just remember feeling like it was pretty good. I don't really have much to say about it. I need to watch it again. I have it on DVD somewhere. I just haven't watched it. I just remember being like, oh yeah, Christian Bale, he's like uh, the, League of, the League of Shadows or whatever they're called. And yeah, everything's like serious and pretty interesting and brooding, but well done. Haven't had good Batman in a long time. This is cool. Uh, I know some people fucking love this movie, and I hope it doesn't sound like I'm super dogging on it or anything. I, I think it's genuinely pretty good. It's just been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't have much to say about it, but I definitely know I like it more than the other three I've talked about, so that's why it's where it's at on the list, but... I wish I had more to say about it. I just, I'll have to watch it again. And on all honesty, my memory of it is so spotty that maybe I'll just fully do it for the podcast sometime. Maybe I'll turn the, maybe I'll turn the Nolan Batman rewatch into a little mini series on the podcast. That could be kind of fun, especially since Dark Knight was such a fucking touchstone for people. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. Fuck it. Number six, uh, I have Memento. This is another one where I've only seen it the one time and it was in college. Like a professor showed it to us as like a real like, whoa, look at what you can do with a movie type of movie. And I remember being really blown away by it at the time. And the fact that a lot, it seems to even 20 something years later, a lot of people still regard it as a, like an absolute classic. It makes me feel like the fact that I liked it so much when I watched it that it does hold up and it's got more to it than just the gimmick of the story. If you, if you don't know Memento, it's it's kind of crazy. It's like a story that's being told backwards in a weird way. 
if you've never seen it, it's totally worth watching just for the mind fuck of an idea that it is. Uh, what a, what a brilliant brilliant idea for for a film. But again, I don't remember a super lot about it. I just I remember what the big twist is. I remember certain scenes being so tense because like spoilers a little bit for the movie. There's like this really great scene where this lady knows that he has short-term memory and she reveals this information to him because she's feeling like particularly vindictive and he like needs to write it down so he doesn't forget. But she already had taken all the pens like out of her house so that knowing he would just forget in 10 minutes. And it's just like this really brutal scene to watch. And it just like, it could have just been about the gimmick, but it feels like the whole movie really folds around it and works. And my, the biggest caveat I have with it is I want to rewatch it and I want to figure out how much I feel for Guy Pierce's character and how much of it. I just want to see how it holds up, I guess. I have a feeling that it will, especially since people just seem to love it still. And so, um, unfortunately I don't know if I could do it for the show. Maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be a good episode to have like a guest on who'd never seen it before and we could bounce off each other about it. But yeah, that's why it's, I, I warned you guys before it's in my, like I watched it once and thought, yeah, that was pretty good pack, but that's, that's why that's where it's at. Uh, but it, it's a, by all accounts, it's a really great movie, and it maybe would be even higher if I watched it more recently than like literally almost ten years ago. Uh, but I've had a lot of brain space in between then. But I still remember certain scenes very vividly. Like every time he goes up to the guy who runs the hotel that he stays in, the guy is clearly just like had this interaction with him like twenty thousand times, but it's his first time, so it just the the uh, the depth of thought that went into every little character interaction is, is really brilliant and it's really well made. And it's also like a really cool, like a more low budget type movie too, which I always respect. Always love that shit. I love when you have like a really good, interesting, big idea, but you can still execute it on like a more low budget level and just keep people hooked. Like really good shit. Uh, so we got nine, eight, seven, six, five. That was number five. Uh, number four, which I think if I'd watched Memento and Batman Begins recently, this movie would probably be underneath those, but I unfortunately I watched this more recently and, and I did like it. Uh that and that is Interstellar. Yeah, I definitely like this movie a lot. I I wasn't so much wowed by the again, the technical wizardry on display, even though the practical effects are very cool. I don't really like space stuff that much, but again, like the character stuff really worked for me. I really I felt invested in McConaughey and his kids. He feels like he has to go on this mission to save this planet, which has become like a basically a dust bowl. And they're like, McConaughey, you got to go do. I can't, I honestly can't remember off the top of my head what they have to go do in space, but they have to go to space for some reason. And I think they need to get like information from a planet or something. I don't even remember that much, but uh, I just remember my heartstrings being tugged and I think some people knock this movie a little bit for being almost a little too cheesy. Like there's literally and out of context it's worse, but even in context it's a little cheesy where Anne Hathaway's like the one thing that can travel through space and time is love or whatever. And I, I have this weird headcanon with Nolan where he got I feel like he got a little bit of backlash for this movie being like sappy and cheesy. 
and Dunkirk and Tenet are like him being like, fuck you. I'll never show emotions again. How will you like that? And I don't think that's actually what happened, but it's just funny to me to imagine that. But yeah, I remember being really taken by this movie. Like this is the kind of like time warpy stuff that really gets me where McConaughey hasn't aged much, but because the way the time space continuum or whatever the fuck works in the film, uh, his kids are back on earth, like aging there. I mean, it's all normal for them, but for him only like a few days or weeks have passed, but suddenly his 12 year old daughter is like a bitter 30 something year old who just thinks he's probably dead at this point because for her, it's been fucking 20 something years of misery. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like, it's really, really fucking tragic. And it's a good idea to put characters through this stuff and the way he follows through and doesn't necessarily cop out either. Uh, but I mean, spoilers for interstellar, but the end of the movie is this man, McConaughey seeing his old, old daughter on her deathbed. Like she's made a life for herself and he gets to be like, cool. But they never, I mean, they never really reconnect, even though he kind of is like the hero of earth or whatever. So theoretically she makes her peace with that. But again, all the, all the drama is rooted in character stuff where he has this mission that's bigger than life, but ultimately you feel for the characters and their personal tragedies. And it's like, yeah, she had to give up a relationship with her father to, so that he could save the world. But you know, she was, and she got over it clearly eventually, but yeah, it's just tragic and in a really good way. The character stuff's really interesting. The, the set pieces are good. They feel tense. And again, it's because you give a shit about the characters. I'm like, no McConaughey, you got to get home and save the planet. And I was invested and drawn in and, the practical effects are good. The space stuff is good. Uh, some apparently some of the the physics and theoreticals behind it are fairly sound, which is always kind of fascinating. Um, it just yeah, I, I feel like it all ties together really well. I, I liked it a lot. I, again, I did think I also did think it was a little cheesy, maybe just a step too far. Uh, but it's a good movie. I liked it. Uh, I I, de- I definitely liked it a lot, and I, I yeah. <laughs> I mean, not much else to say. I think a lot of people, I feel like going into it, I had heard this reputation that it was a little goofy, but sometimes when I go, oh yeah, Interstellar is like, whatever, it's pretty good. I feel like I've gotten hip checked a little bit and people are like, no, Interstellar fucking rules. What are you talking about? I feel like this movie's pretty well liked and well beloved and deservedly so. It's it's really good. Again, unique IPs too. Just, you you gotta love that. The guy came up with a cool space idea, had the pull to do it, and he did it, and it's it's just good. It's good shit, uh, like Interstellar. Um, but moving on to my number three. Ooh, got, got a tough top three here. But I'm going to put Dark Knight at number three. Maybe controversial for some people, because maybe they think it's his best film. I definitely feel like I've fallen out of love with this film a little bit again going back to early in this episode where i talked about how this film was all the rage and people loved it and obsessed with the joker and blah 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 and i i don't think about this movie that much this definitely isn't a movie i'm like ever gonna put in my favorite films of all time list or anything whereas like i think there is a lot of people that would it, it almost became it's like a hot topic cringe or something like that how some people would describe it, but 
that being said, it still is a very, very good movie. I feel like Nolan really hit his stride. He, he set up this really intriguing universe with Batman Begins, and then you bring in the, a really good Joker who's just doing this chaos thing. You feel I feel like you got Bale doing good Batman shit, and you got Harvey Dent as the good guy who eventually turns, and a lot of the themes at play are really interesting in terms of like not believing in humanity and feeling like they'll always fuck up and you know that test that joker does with the boats at the end is is just so good and you're so tense and wondering what's going to happen and i just think it's really well done it's it's good it's it's a good movie as as overhyped and overblown as the film is i think it's still pretty undeniable i don't feel like i have to talk about it too much because i think everybody's probably seen the dark knight or you're at least aware of the dark knight and if maybe you avoided it because you thought it was a little overhyped, it is a little overhyped, but it is still a good film. And it's worth watching even if you... Maybe you're not even that big of a Batman man, but just the concepts and the filmmaking, the tenseness, the tragedy, again, going back to the character stuff, with the terrible choice that the Joker makes Batman make and the trick that he plays on him. And I mean, Heath Ledger's performance like, Everyone's talked about it to the moon and back, but the fact of the matter is, it is just, I mean, it's so good what he's doing in this film. It's so fascinating and interesting, and it, it's iconic, really. Uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, probably the best Joker ever. I'm not a big fan of Nicholson. I guess if you're counting animated, Mark Hamill is, for me, the best Joker, but live action, I mean, I don't think you can really beat Heath Ledger, honestly. I don't think Jack Nicholson's actually that good of a Joker. I didn't watch the old show. Maybe some people think Cesar Romero's the bomb, and that's fine. But, uh, I mean, Heath Ledger fucking rules, and he knocked it out of the park, and then he died, unfortunately. And it sucks, because I would have been really fascinated to see where his career went after this. And, I don't know, uh, posthumous uh, Oscar, I guess, doesn't really soothe the wound of losing someone so talented. But, yeah, and it's just I don't know. Uh, the Dark Knight's good. I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I guess like one of my big caveats with it is, I always find with Batman, some people, I feel like none of the Batman movies can seem to nail Bruce Wayne as a character. I'm not as like the Dark Knight definitely drops the ball on the Bruce Wayne stuff. Like I know that part of the dilemma at the end, like with between Dent and, and Maggie Gyllenhaal, is like that's it just not, like I want to see Playboy shithead Bruce Wayne, and I feel like I never get to see it. I never get to see, like even in Dark Knight and Batman Begins, you get little glimpses here and there. It's like always being kind of a douche, but I just want to see him like really play up that persona, and I feel like you never get to see it in any of the movies, and it sucks because part of the reason why nobody ever is able to put together that. Bruce Wayne is Batman is because Bruce Wayne is such a like shitty like these days he'd be like a shithead YouTube celebrity celebrity and you'd be like well fucking Logan Paul isn't Batman that'd be insane uh and like I feel like that's a level we should be striving for with Bruce Wayne but we never see it and I miss that and I'm sad that we never get it but there's cool Batman shit to be done in the Dark Knight and so I think that's what they focus on but yeah, so, okay. <laughs> Final two. Nolan fans are probably aware of what the last two are, but 
I feel like my number two is one maybe some people forget is a Nolan film. I've noticed whenever I bring it up, they're like, oh, yeah, he did do that, didn't he? But my number two is The Prestige. I feel like the biggest testament to this film is that I've not even watched it that many times. I have a very vivid memory of literally going to the gas station that I used to work at. And we used to rent out films. And I saw The Prestige. And I was like, ooh, this looks interesting. And I watched it. And it just blew my fucking mind at the time. I would have been like 16, whatever, years old. Uh, yeah, like 16 or 17. And I've remembered it ever since. And I've watched it once or twice more, but not that much, honestly. And yet I still vividly remember big chunks of the film. And I, I'd love to rewatch it and see how much of it holds up. But again... The reason this film works for me is Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman's characters are so well-realized and well-defined and their ambition and rivalry is so intriguing and tense that the places that it takes them are just so interesting and satisfying that it just is undeniable. And the end of the movie, a movie about magicians, like first off, movies about magicians are like usually pretty cool because you get to just have them do whatever and you don't even necessarily have to explain it because you're doing movie magic. It's cool. Literal movie magic <laughs> pun intended. And like when Hugh Jackman walks through a door and shows up on the other side, it's like, fuck it. How did he do it? I don't know. He's, he's a movie magician and I'm not even going to talk about the ending of the film because if you haven't seen the prestige, the ending is, is the best part. And for, a movie about ma about magicians where it's literally called the prestige, the final thing, the final reveal. It all builds up to this thing where you just, when everything finally is revealed and unveiled and you realize what's going on, it's just, it's such a mind fuck. And some of the existential dread that I feel from the end of this movie is just so it's never left my brain. It, it just, it's just such a well done film. Jackman and Bale are fucking nailing it. Like, I'm honestly not that big of a fan of Christian Bale, but he is like perfectly utilized in this film. And Jackman, he's great. I love him. And just the, they, I mean, the, the movies, like it's all leading up to both of them have tricks where they appear and reappear in like different places at different times. And the way that the two go about achieving that is just like such a, t it's such a testament to who they are as characters. And again, it's all rooted in character. And it's why it's so fucking good. And I feel like The Prestige is one of the ones that people maybe forget sometimes of Nolan's work. Because uh, I was going to say it's not as flashy. I guess technically it's not as flashy as like something like Interstellar. Or whatever. Or There's not explosions like in Dark Knight. But I mean, it's just, it's just fucking good. It's good shit. It blew my mind as a kid. This could very well be an example of nostalgia, uh, maybe tipping the scales a little bit, but I, I really like it. When I was putting this list together, I just was like, well, the prestige has to be way up there because it's so fucking good. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I really like it. Noticing, yeah, it's got a pretty high letterboxed rating. Although some of the people that I follow aren't as hot on it as I would have guessed, which is interesting. I'd be curious, like, what the uh, critiques of the film 
would be for some people like what doesn't work for them but again it's i haven't watched it in a long long time so maybe if i watched it again there'd be some maybe there's some parts that drag i don't know but i i liked it a lot i think i like magician movies also like i like the illusionist a lot i actually get a really big kick out of that movie which came out really close to this and i even like the now you see me movies pretty well and those are cheesy and weird as hell but they're they're just fun movie magic's fucking fun man i don't know burt wonderstone i I enjoyed that movie maybe i'm a mark for for dumb magic movies i don't know (laughs) but yeah last but not least uh if you haven't guessed it yet it is uh inception i definitely think this is my favorite film of his i think this is nolan just absolutely firing on all cylinders he gets to fuck around with dream stuff and theoretical stuff and physics he gets to do all the stuff he's clearly was that language um <laughs> he is clearly getting to fuck around with all the stuff that he loves but he also still was doing a good job with the characters like i am very sympathetic of leo's character him and mal's story and the way it peels back the layers of it and when you find out what happened with her which slight spoilers for inception but when you find out that she thought it was a dream and all this stuff and how she haunts him and i don't know it's just like i cared about the characters uh elliot page is so good in the film tom hardy's character is a lot of fun Killian Murphy is just always happy to see him in any role. I just, I just, man, I feel like this is Nolan at his absolute best. I think for a lot of people, this is maybe his most well-regarded film. And I really think it's with good reason. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's great. Ken Watanabe's great. It just, I, I feel like I was so invested. I was so intrigued. I watched this movie like, seven eight years after it came out and it got all this buzz it i mean yes it's left some bad i, I jokingly did my opening to the boom i feel like inception was the was the inception <laughs> pun intended of the boom but i don't know i was really invested in the film and somehow a lot of it hadn't really been spoiled for me i just knew it was like it's a dream within a dream within a dream or whatever but i never found it hard to follow you watch something like say sucker punch where it's like dream within a dream and it's so convoluted and dumb and weird and it just seems like an excuse to do certain things whereas this is like oh we got to go deeper and we got to go deeper but they still do a good job of keeping you engaged and and understanding mostly what's going on I, i didn't i never felt super confused by it i i was really invested in leo's emotional journey i really cared about him getting back to his kids and i love I love how ambiguous the ending is like in a, in a movie like this, where you're working on all this dream logic. I, I don't know. It just, I don't really know what else to say other than I feel like everything that's good about Nolan as a filmmaker with the spectacle and the practical effects of like the Joseph Gordon Levitt hallway scene that's rotating, like I joked about with 2001, but still caring about Mal and, uh, Leo's like, relationship i I feel bad because i'm I'm calling her mal but i'm saying leo like leo's playing dom and mal is uh marion coltiard uh 
Mal. It's Mal's such a memorable name. Mal's so good. Mal and Dom. And just, I don't know. I, I, I dig the film a lot. It, it, it set me down the whole, like, I had been kind of dismissive of Nolan and then I watched Inception and was like, holy shit, that was really fucking good. I was like, I guess I better watch Interstellar and Dunkirk because I've been kind of ignoring Nolan since the Batman Rises shit, which I, I know this came out right before Batman Rises, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like most people have seen Inception, so maybe some of the stuff I'm saying is redundant, but I do feel like if you watched it and maybe haven't watched it since it came out, and you've been like, yeah, Inception. It, it's been memed on a little bit. The blows and the dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. And a little bit, maybe people don't take it as seriously. But take it from me as someone who just like watched it almost a decade after the fact and was still really blown away by it. I think it's a really brilliant film. I got really invested in the characters. I, I yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like. I feel like Nolan nailed it with Inception. I feel like it's been mostly downhill from here. <laughs> That's not, but this is like, Nolan's like a, Nolan's a bit like a Luke Basson for me in that he's made stuff like the prestige and in Inception. So I know he's got greatness within him. And so I'll always give him a chance. And even if he keeps letting me down, like Basson does with, pretty much everything he makes uh you i'll always be like well you made the professional leon the professional and so i'll never fully give up on you uh so with nolan it's like you made inception i'm never gonna give up on you but damn it <laughs> maybe i don't know i'd love to see him make a movie for like 20 million dollars or something like just just like take a break from the from the 200 million dollar movies with the blow up stuff and the crazy shit and just like go back to like a, a memento type thing just just for just, just for fun i don't know but i guess it's hard like when you're only making one movie every three four years it's like of course you want to pour everything that is you into a film you can't just do dumb shit for fun but i don't know it's, inception feels like him with the right budget at the right time and the right mindset where he just was really nailing it and i love it i really like the film a lot uh don't know what else to say that's my nolan rankings um if you disagree with me that's totally cool like i said stuff like tenet and dunkirk i if someone said tenet was their favorite nolan movie i'd be like eh. i feel like there's some stuff that is maybe a little bit better but i would get it i would get why dunkirk would be somebody's favorite nolan film but I also would get why Batman Begins would be someone's favorite Nolan film. He's a very talented director. I, I don't think he's... Even with the movies I don't like as much, I can still see why people do like them. He's obviously just a brilliant, talented filmmaker. We're lucky to have him, honestly. Uh, his little weird idiosyncrasies aside. <laughs> but, yeah. So, final, final list uh, for anyone... Wanted a little recap. Uh, my number one is Inception. Two is The Prestige. Three is Dark Knight. Four is Interstellar. Five is Memento. Six is Batman Begins. Seven is Tenet. Eight is Dunkirk. And at the bottom, bottom, bottom of the list is number nine, Dark Knight Rises, which is, I think, a legitimately bad movie. 
but also I don't blame Nolan for it. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's my Nolan rankings. I hope you guys aren't too sad to not get a mainline proper episode this week. I appreciate you, everyone that sticks through this shit. I, I did that like Green Knight Suicide Squad episode and it didn't do terribly well, which was kind of funny to me. I thought maybe I'd see a minor uptick with people be like, oh shit, something relevant. But I think people come around for, for the old classic movies, which is actually pretty heartening. That makes me happy. I That's the whole premise of the show. And sometimes I wonder if I'm doing all this for no reason. So, But it does make it painful when I do these weird filler episodes where I'm like, you guys wanted to hear me talk about Duck Soup, which I will be putting out soon. I, I've recorded an episode on Duck Soup with my friend Tyler. I've got another episode coming out with Christina on our Wong Kar Wai series we did in the move for love. Very great episode. I'm excited for you guys to hear those. Just haven't had time to edit them. But I appreciate your patience. You guys rule. And uh, I'm going to cut myself off now because I've already gone longer than I wanted to. I'm going to have to edit all this shit. Fuck. Uh, but I'll catch you all on the flip-flop. <laughs>